listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello! You're listening to The Animal Party with Deborah Wolf. I'm your hostess at the party. Come join our party and you'll be able to hear about dogs, cats, bears today. That's our special topic. And even tuna. How can you help out with the world shortage on tuna? Well, I'll fill you in. But mostly today, we're going to talk about the latest and greatest products to hit the market in the last few years. Things that will shock you and surprise you. Things that are outrageously quirky. And we'll be talking to Stacey Mantle from Pets Weekly Magazine. So she'll be coming to join me pretty soon. But before we get to that, as I'm warming up the hors d'oeuvres and setting out the cocktails, come join me and we'll do some animal news. And I'll give you a review of Marley and Me. And before the day is done, before the show is over, before the party ends, I'll give you some tricks and tips to use at home. A way you can test your own dog or say hi to your dog and your cat. In fact, every show, I'll give you some homework, some really good, fun homework, some party tricks to teach your pets. So for now, we're going to break for some commercials and come right back. Don't leave the party early. I'm waiting for you over here at the cocktail bar. Come on back. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the animal party. The party's just getting going. The tunes are on. The cocktails are served. The hors d'oeuvres are ready. Come on over to the water bowl and listen to what I've got to say today. Today we'll be talking a little bit about justice. Now you tell me, do you think this is fair? In London, the UK, on January 21st, seven animal rights activists were sentenced to conspiring to blackmailing companies. So what they did mostly was mail letter threats. And they got four and 11 years 
for mailing threats to a company that they perceived as anti-animal. It was a six-year blackmail campaign. They targeted companies linked to Huntington Life Sciences Laboratory. And so they were sentenced for and 11 years for what they did. Now, around the same time, there was a story in the States where a man killed his wife's kitten. And he admits he did this because they were having an argument and he was angry. And he says that the wife loved the kitten more than she loved him. So he threw the kitten to the floor and the three-month-old kitten died. And that guy gets 90 days. So I was looking through these articles back in January thinking, is that justice? And I wonder how many of you out there think that's justice. So if you want to drop me a line, I'd love to hear back from you. Deborah at PetLifeRadio.com. And I will share the results on air. But you can also send me questions, pet questions, suggestions for the show, anything at all. In fact, I'm open to your input. I'd love to hear what you'd like to have at our next party. So look for me at Deborah at PetLifeRadio.com. And we'll get some feedback going both ways. So that's my talk on justice today. I also want to talk about bears because two weeks ago, a woman decided it was a good idea to lower herself into the polar bear cage at the Berlin Zoo. Now, they got her out. She did this at feeding time, bad choice of time also, lowered herself over the gate into the rails and right into the cage, and she got mauled, terribly mauled. As they were hauling her out, the polar bears were grabbing at her, and one polar bear in particular, and she definitely had to go to hospital. But it makes me wonder... The idea that a bear is a teddy bear is really a mistake. And right now, in a lot of parts of North America, including where I live in British Columbia and the Washington area, Oregon, all these parts, the bears are coming out of hibernation. So the rule is, and this is what a conservation officer was saying last week, a fed bear is a dead bear. If you love bears, if you like bears, then keep your food away from them. Keep your garbage stored properly the way that your city tells you it ought to be. Don't put it out the night before. Have good locking lids. Fruit trees need to be cleaned. Have nothing that the bear will find as food. Because if you draw a bear, there will be trouble. And you don't want to be drawing them. They're dangerous animals. So that's my deal on the bears today. Lions and tigers and bears, well, maybe not. Bears and dogs and fish. Bluefin tuna. I just want to make you aware that there's something that a lot of us like to eat and it's called toro, which is just a cute name for bluefin tuna. But bluefin tuna, and you'll see it in a lot of sushi places as toro, is um, it's near extinction. It's in huge trouble. So the more you eat bluefin tuna toro sushi, the more you're contributing to the world's fish problem. And I know we've talked about this before when we were talking about cats as carnivores and someone, a famous writer in an article that he published about how cats shouldn't eat fish. And... It's us. We've got to be the ones who hold back on eating the fish that are almost gone. So in honor of Earth Day and thinking about the environment, I wanted to quote David Suzuki, an authority here in Canada, who's often on this program called The Nature of Things, which he makes and is famous for. And he's considered an authority on the environment, really well-respected, a guru, if you will. And what he says is that in 50 years, waterfront homes will be as desirable as a yurt on a garbage dump. And he goes on to explain all that's happening with jellyfish and the changes in the oceans and the tides and the water levels. And then he gives us a bunch of things we can actually do. And one of the things he's saying is just don't eat toro. Don't eat bluefin tuna. You will be helping a lot to save that one fish. So I just wanted to share that with you in honor of Earth Day. And I also wanted to give you a review of Marley and Me. 
because it just came out on DVD for you to take home. And when it first came out in the theaters, I reviewed it for a television station, was on TV, and there was a lot of backlash to the movie from the dog training world. So they asked me to come on and give it a comment from that perspective. And I found the movie delightful. I would not suggest it as a how-to. It's not a how-to-train-your-dog movie. It might even be considered a how-not-to-train-your-dog movie, in fact. But it is very realistic. The people are realistic with realistic errors and mistakes. And by watching it, you get to see exactly where they've gone wrong. And I think it is educational. Uh, For example... They both travel a lot, but they get a dog as a gift anyway. They get a clearance puppy, but they don't ask why that puppy has less money than the others (laughs) and later discover that he's more trouble than the others. Um, They don't try to crate train it. In general, all the way through the training in the movie, they don't really show the dog what they want from it. They just get it in trouble when it gets it wrong. So, again, you just show your puppies what you want and teach them, show them, teach them, show them, praise them, and they'll get it right. They'll be good dogs. Uh, And... um, They took it to a beach and didn't let it play. And that was so hard to watch. And I've seen that so many places, so many times. But it was good to see it because you really felt for the dog. That, of course, when they finally did let it go after never training it how to be on a beach, it does the worst thing that a dog can do at the beach. And so so, uh, it gives you a realistic perspective of what can happen. But it's also cute and funny. And despite their mistakes, the dog grows up to be a a well-loved part of the family. And he even prevents uh, harm to a neighbor in one case. And, And so I think that in general, the movie is terrific. It's well worth seeing. If you have little kids, see it first, particularly the ending. Because you don't want kids to be shocked by it, and it is an emotional ending. So your kids may be too young or too vulnerable. Uh, they may be at a stage where you don't want them watching it. So check that out first. But it raises some really good points about bloat, which is something that happens to a lot of deep-chested dogs if they exercise right before or right after they eat. And um, if your dog's prone to it, if your dog's a boxer, or a standard poodle, a large dog with a deep chest, ask your vet about it so you can find out more. But that it highlighted that issue. And um, it also showed over and over again that the people would ignore the dog when it was good and pay attention to it when it was naughty. When it ran around with a lady's bra or a necklace or stole something, everybody tried to catch it. That's what you don't want to do at home with your dogs. (laughs) If you pay attention to them when they're good, when they have the ball or the toy, they won't go for the laundry. When you catch the puppy going for the laundry, you pick up his ball and you throw it against the wall or the floor until he can't resist. And you make that ball so much more fun than the laundry. He just won't be interested in boring old laundry. So I suggest you all go out and watch Marlene Me if you haven't yet. If you love dogs, it's a great movie for you and for kids too, so long as they're not too vulnerable. So just check that out first. Okay, so we're going to have our guest on any minute now, Stacey Mantle from Pets Weekly. And if you're looking to give me some feedback today, please go to Deborah at PetLifeRadio.com. Deborah at PetLifeRadio.com. That's where you can send me. Well, you can ask for transcripts. You can send me comments. You can uh, send me pet questions like your dog won't come or your, your cat um, won't use the litter box, anything like that. So I'm happy to hear your problems and get your feedback. I just want to say there was one other good news story in the news, and there's so often bad news. I want to share this one. There's a dog out there, just a regular old dog, a miniature schnauzer, who was adopted from the SPCA last year, ordinary sort of a story, but the girl in the family has diabetes, severe diabetes, and sometimes when her diabetes is out of control and her sugar levels are too low, she gets into a state where she could go into a coma, where she's really at risk, 
And, of course, the family grapples with this. Well, one day, the dog, Pepper, who'd been adopted last year, started to freak out and woke everybody up and was going crazy. And it turned out the daughter was almost in a coma. She was right at the edge, and the mom was able to slip her some sugar and get her to the hospital, and everything was okay. But she was almost having a hypoglycemic reaction. It was almost extremely serious. So, okay, they thought, well, maybe that's just a one-off, but thank you to the dog. And it happened again and again. And the dog is now identifying when the little girl's about to have a seizure or have a coma well before it gets into the problem area. The dog's getting better at it. And this is without any training at all. Now, people don't know if it's the smell or an electric current or some kind of body change, an enzyme perhaps, like we know that dogs can sense the enzyme produced before a heart attack and they will identify, they will, they will warn a heart attack someone who's about to have a heart attack. But we don't exactly know what they're picking up or if it's all of these things. We do know that many, many dogs can be trained to do this and many dogs just do it by themselves on their own when they see that this is a need. And that brings me to a really good point about dogs. Dogs want to help us and rescue dogs more so than any others. So if you can rescue a dog, you're doing yourself a favor. So now we're going to cut to our guest. I want to welcome on Stacy Mantle from Pets Weekly and invite her to come to the show. And today we're going to share for you some of the greatest products on the market, some of the things you may not have heard about, some things like, well, bull semen. Yep, that's what we'll be talking about today. So welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you, Deborah. We're excited to be here. Have some new products for you. Uh, very excited to talk about them. There's some neat things out on the market for pets and dogs and cats and just about everything you can imagine. Well, you know what? Since I was just talking about a diabetic girl, one of the products that you have that is really unbelievably helpful to people out there with a diabetic cat. Let's talk about that because people out there who are trying to catch their cat and somehow get a urine sample two, three, four times a day are not having an easy time of it. I mean... <laughs> I don't know if we should describe how hard it is to get a urine sample from a cat. Just, you know, try it. Just try to get your head around it and you'll have an idea. So this thing makes that all a thing of the past, right? Can you tell us about this box? Yes. This is called the Smart Cat Box. And what it does is use a corn-based uh, filler instead of litter. It has a drainage system so that when, when a cat urinates in the box, it's drained through into a collection and all they have to do is pour it into a bottle, take it to the vet, and they're set. It's a really amazing product, and it makes, especially for cats that you have to test often, it's, mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's very difficult to get, to get any kind of a sample from a cat. It doesn't even matter if it's urine. Um, and if you deal with feral cats or you, you suspect that one of your, you know, one of your other cats is blocked, all you have to do is put this box out. It, they automatically use it. They enjoy it. Oh, they like it, hey? Okay. Uh, yeah, they do. It, they just automatically kind of go to it. I mean, if it's the only box in there, that they'll use it, and that's typical for a cat. Uh, they don't like to dirty their own area. So, Well, most cats don't. You'd be, you, yeah, you'd be surprised how many people call my show to tell me that <laughs> their cat just won't use the litter box. Most of the time, though, that's because the litter box is not in the right place. It's in a place of competition or uh, too much traffic or, or unpredictable noises. Or it's not clean, or there's yeah, you know there's a true. lot of other factors. If they're not feeling well, they won't use the box. They'll they'll take the sprain, and sometimes it's just flat territorial. Well, you know, speaking of not clean, 
I know there's two kinds of litter boxes you recommend. So if someone is really gone all day, maybe they have a couple cats at home to keep each other company, but they're gone really long hours, they take a commuter train in the morning, work all day, come home at night, then there's two different kinds, right, that actually clean themselves? Yes, there is the uh, Fresh Step Litter Scoop, and I, I believe it's the Litter Scoop. It, it, used, it uses the crystals, which is really nice. Um, then you don't have the dust and so forth, but some cats don't like the crystals. They don't like to use that kind of a crystal. Uh, the other one is the Litter Made Automatic Litter Box, and that's what I've been using for a very, very long time. I hate to say it, but I'm really not pleased with the new addition. So we're, we're looking at some different options for that as well. Okay, and that one is like a rotating restaurant, right? It just, there's a little wand inside it that rotates so slowly you don't notice it, but it's constantly cleaning. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, no, that, no, that one, this one is the one that uses the rake. So it'll wait, it'll sense when the cat is in the box, it'll wait 30 seconds after the cat leaves the box, it rakes the scoop, there's the litter, okay. um, pulling out all the anything and that does use a scoopable litter so that's one thing if you if your cat is very sensitive to dust or you are it may not be your best bet and that way it'll put it into a container it closes the container and i mean i have 18 cats so you can imagine that i'm pretty pretty up on litter boxes 18 Um, cats so for 18 cats you have what 18 litter boxes 15 litter boxes i've I've got three litter boxes they're all three automated and you would not know if you walked into my house they even had cats Oh, that's incredible. So then that makes a big difference yeah. because, in, you know, in most of the litter boxes, they're always a little bit dirty. You can't be there right when the cat goes every single time and clean it. So if you have more than one cat, most of the trainers I've had on my show before have said you need one box per cat or you're going to have pee wars, marking wars, urine wars, stinky wars. And so um, for you to tell me that you can get away with three means that they really do work well. You know what? I want to break for a commercial soon, but before we do that, I'm just going to let people know my trivia question of the day. And I'm also going to let them know that we just talked about cats. There's a couple more things about cats, but we're really going to head in a doggy direction when we come back from the break. So while we're on commercials, I want you to think about this. If you could solve this problem, solve this trivia question. In the last 4,000 years, how many animals have been domesticated and what are they? Okay, now sometime toward the end of the show, I'll tell you the answer. And stay tuned for our great commercials. We'll be back to the party in a minute. Don't leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come. Only losers leave the party early anyway. Party on. Back in a few. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, Candid Pictures of You and Your Pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle. (coughs) 
and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Animal Party with Deborah Wolf. I've got Stacy Mantle from PetsWeekly.com, Pets Weekly Magazine, on the line with me today talking. She's at the party. She's making her way over to the other guests. And she's coming back to me now to tell me about some of her other products. So we talked about the cat litter boxes, but now we're going to go in a bit of a doggy direction. So tell me, okay, yak milk? Come on, really? Who is giving their dogs yak milk? It's really interesting. It's called the Himalayan dog chew. It comes from an ancient recipe from the people of the Himalayans, basically done in mountains or created in mountains over 15,000, at 15,000 feet elevation. Uh, it's all natural, no chemicals, no preservatives. It's a long-lasting chew that comes in several different sizes. The chews are actually made from boiling yak and cow milk. They add lime juice, separate the curds. Once it's separated, the remaining cheese is dried, which takes about three weeks, and then it's cut into pieces. And basically what you have is a really hard block of cheese. Now, with the yak milk, it's kind of like a goat milk, so it's not, it's not going to affect your dog's stomach and cause Does it go bad? Like if you have a little dog and you gave it this and it just chewed on it for a week or two, would that be a bad idea? Would it go rancid? No, I've never had any problems with it. Now, my dogs... Oh, you let your dogs do that. Okay. Does it stink? Yeah. They they love it, and they will just wolf it down, because I've had the small ones before, and it's gone in a matter of minutes. Now, they have the bigger chunks of cheese or dog cheese that you can buy, and you really need to buy for the size of dog that you have. Otherwise, they're just going to wolf it down. And like I say, my dogs have done it and had no problems, so I, I they love it. Basically, the idea is that they work and grind on it, and it helps to little flakes to come off of it and pieces come off at one time, and it's really great for the teeth. Uh, okay. It's good for the dog. Good I just dog. can't imagine the odor, you know. It must it stink. It doesn't even smell. You wouldn't even smell it. Okay. Well, there's something else on your list that I have smelled before, and it says right here, bully sticks. Now, some people might think, oh, bully sticks, what a cute name. No, no, no. Wait a minute, guys. This is actually... <laughs> <laughs> a bull's penis, right? That's what it is. It doesn't look like that. It looks like a stick, but it really is a penis, isn't it? What is it? it really, yeah, it is. And, yeah, we'll, we'll call it pizzle for, for <laughs> which is what it's supposed to be called, I guess. Um, but I guess the common theory is that people use as well. I mean, they were used in the Olympics recently. So it's for what? No, 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 no. What do, what do you mean they were used to the Olympics? For what were they used to the Olympics, bull's it, penis? They're thought to boost stamina. They're, they, they've been used for Chinese athletes for years. They can be <laughs> served in soup, dried, made into caps. Same. Yeah, to us, I couldn't imagine, but 
to them. It, it, it doesn't look, you know, when thing. you look at the bull and you see this gigantic animal, kind of the size of a compact car, and then you look at this thing you get, which is supposed to be an intact bull's penis, it really doesn't look like it fits the animal, does it? I mean, it's, well, it's, it's like a pencil. It's, it's basically I see. Oh, it's a piece it's of it. Drip, okay. It's dried. Uh, there's a whole right. process involved. And when you buy these, you need to make sure you buy them at a really good place because they can... A lot of people don't prepare them correctly. They need to drain. They need to have all kinds of things. Or you end up with odor problems. You end up with... There's a lot of issues that you can have problems with. So you need to get a good quality. And I, I recommend Boysticks or BestBoysticks.com. That's the one that I've found that I've had the most success with. Dogs okay, because I have had the ones that aren't so good. And I must say, the dogs love them, eat them up, but the stench is horrendous. It's, it's like a, a musky fish oil that doesn't go away like your grandmother was boiling fish in a pot on the stove for a week kind of smell. I mean, it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> so so no, before you wouldn't have that problem with this these. Stuff, get the good ones. Okay, so let's move on to a few more things. One thing I should tell you, when I decided to do this show with you, I, I sent out some queries for products to test and try. And one of the companies, a company called New Hemp, N-U-H-E-M-P, sent me a bunch of uh, dog treats and different things, foods and stuff. And some of their treats are really cool because they're called balls and you're supposed to throw it for the dog and it's supposed to encourage activity. Well, my dogs, I mean, zap, gulp, you know, not much activity, but they devoured these things. They loved it. But they they sent me this huge box and I, you know, sorted it all out and tried it all. And in the box was a tiny little container that says hip lips, Zen radical vegan hemp bomb. And I thought, you know, okay, is this for dogs? Is this for people? Is this for cats? <laughs> so I hung on to it for a while, meaning to contact them and ask. But in the meantime, my lips got so chapped, I ended up using it. Because it says vegan on it. I mean, how bad could it be, right? It's got to be plants. But fortunately, they contacted me and said, yes, it is for people. <laughs> so I'm not going to grow like a hairy upper lip. My husband's been joking about it for a week. He said, if you get hair like a dog, <laughs> we're going to have to rethink that product. <laughs> some of these things are so well made. You know, they're really looking at ingredients. They're really looking at sources. These products are so well-made. They really are good enough for people. And um, I just want to cover some of the other ones we have on here that are sort of interesting. But before we do that, the hot spot lotion. Okay, now I know there's a lot of people out there with dogs who get hot spots every year when their climate gets hot. Heat waves, summertime, depending on where they live in Australia, it would be winter. But when the heat hits or when the dog is stressed or when there's a combination of those two things, a lot of dogs, often Wheatons, Golden Retrievers, but others too, they just start to erupt these sores in their skin. And they start to be, maybe it's about the size of a dime, and in an hour it can blow up to the size of a baseball, and within a day the whole back end of the dog has no hair, or the whole neck rough region, that's the throat and neck and the top of the head ears, has no hair. And the dog is literally scratching himself raw, and sometimes they're dry looking, most of the time they're oozy, pussy, sore, stinky, horrible. And no matter what you do, you can't seem to get a handle on it. If you take your dog to the vet, they will get a handle on it, but they'll shave a good part of your dog, they'll really clean it up well, and then they'll put your dog on antibiotics. Or prednisone. They'll even use steroids to try and stop it. But you seem to have found something that sounds a lot better, a lot kinder. This, so what is this? This is an amazing product. It really is. I just, In fact, I just had the opportunity to use it on two of my animals for some situations that came up. And one was from, they had, you know, we're starting to come into the season over here in Arizona where obviously it's hot and then you get more bugs. So 
I thought that she had some flea problems on my cat. And this is a nice thing. You can use it on cats, dogs, people, whatever. But any type of dry skin, any type of problem with fleas or ticks or anything like that, this will stop it. Flea allergies. And sometimes it's just as simple as that. You basically put it on the dog and leave it alone. It smells great. It smells like peppermint. Uh, it's got the um, rosemary in it. It's got sesame oil. It's got... Okay, so you don't you don't have to shave the dog. You don't have to shave no, the whole nothing. area. What, okay, what you just like? Is it ointment? Is it liquid? Like what is? They have what? they have two now. The salve would be used. The salve would or salve would be used for the really hard cases. Um, okay. The stuff that you know you like got a the balm or like a like a right. petroleum jelly type of balm. Is that what you're talking about when you say salve? Exactly. Okay, exactly. and then the other the lotion is what. I use as well. And, and if you get it early enough, you just use the lotion and you're done. You don't have to go through all that other stuff. They have a money-back guarantee. It, they don't even need to use it because it, it does work and it's all natural. The woman who invented this system, she's a chemist by trade, but she's, you know, she, she's an animal lover by nature. So she wanted something that would keep her dog off prednisone because she was having all yeah. these problems. So she created something. And the main active ingredient from what I understand, is sulfur. It's the healing mineral, you know, what people mm. will go take sulfur baths and so forth. Men going and putting sulfur on your dog, don't do that. Use no, 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 this is especially it, it takes, You know, you can put it on a couple times a day. It stops them from chewing it. It's an automatic relief because it's got the aloe in it. So they're already calming down. They're feeling better. And when you feel better, you heal faster. But this will literally stop fleas and parasites and flea allergies and any hot spots. And it's called Der Magic, no D-E-R Magic? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, D-E-R Magic Hot Spot Lotion or Hot Spot Salve. Now, they also have a cell restoration cream, a shampoo and conditioner. Don't use a shampoo and conditioner on your cats because it has tea tree oil. Oh, that's a really good point, though. Oftentimes, people think, okay, well, I have a Yorkie and I have a cat. They're the same size. They're both mammals. I can just use whatever I use on the one on the other. That's not true. There's lots of things that cats shouldn't have, that dogs shouldn't have, you know, that aren't interchangeable. So, for example... The flea stuff, very common stuff that you can buy at your vet or you can buy it at the pet stores, supply stores, comes in little vials and it's a little liquid and you put it on the back of your dog's neck and then he's supposed to be not troubled by fleas for a whole month because it makes any flea who bites him unable to have babies. So it kills the cycle. You get rid of your fleas. Okay, great stuff. But the one for dogs is not the same as the one for cats. And if you use the one for dogs on a cat, the cat can die like right then. So... You really exactly. got to watch your labels. You really got to look. And if you're opening a pack and there's three in a pack and you don't use them all, make sure that it's not put somewhere where someone whose eyesight isn't that great will just figure, okay, I'll do the cat and pulls out the dog stuff and does the wrong animal. There's lots of stuff like that you got to think about. So that's really good to point out about tea tree oil. Yeah, and, and just natural products too. I mean, people don't realize that cats are more sensitive than dogs on a lot of different things. Um, Cats don't do well with onions. They don't do well with garlic. They should never be given onions or garlic. Some people think, oh, I'll give my cat garlic. It'll get rid of fleas. It won't, but it will make your cat sick or at least make it uncomfortable. Give it stomach upset. So they shouldn't have onions and garlic. No coffee. Um, Most teas are no good for cats. Definitely not carbonated drinks. Dog food isn't really good for cats. 
chocolate is toxic to both dogs and cats. Any kind of human meds or vitamins, forget it. Not for your dogs or your cats. And antifreeze is a killer. You really got to watch that when you're on road trips, that there's no tiny little lick of a puddle, you know, a drop that your dog or cat could lick off the pavement when you make a pit stop. That could kill a golden retriever. So you really got to watch it with antifreeze. The sad Um, thing with with the antifreeze is that they enjoy the taste of it. So that's very scary. Uh, Well, you know, recently, kudos to California, the state of Washington, and lately the province of BC, because all three of those places have decided to make it mandatory. From now on, antifreeze cannot be flavored or colored to look like candy in those places. And this is going to save pets' lives, but it's also going to save kids' lives. They used to make, and they still do make, antifreeze in colors like cotton candy pink, cotton candy blue, cotton candy green, with the same smells as those candies. And this is deadly to children, so we should really be pushing for that everywhere. So I also see here, Drink Well 360. What's Drink Well 360? The Drink Well 360 is the same as, well, it's the same product, same product line as the Drink Wells Pet Fountain. This one has four, six, and eight spouts instead of just the one that comes down. It's, it filters the water. It really helps to increase the cat's drinking from it, and it's instead of being... I'm trying to explain it. A vertical or, you know, a vertical line, like mm-hmm. the regular fountain where it just goes into a regular fountain, it actually is a 360 where it's a round fountain and it comes out in five or six spouts. So if you have multiple cats and they like to all drink from the faucet, this is an, it's, it's a perfect situation for it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Most cats do like fresh water better, cats and dogs. They'll do things they like, like um, circulated water. That's what yeah. I found. Now I've increased. I since I've put my cats, knock on wood, on drink wells, and that's all we have in this house. I've not had one urinary blockage, and I was having a series of them for a long time. So I think that's really key for, especially for cats, to stop the blockages. Is increasing the water intake, and they just like to drink from it. It's just fun for them. You might notice that your dog will go out and drink from what seems like the dirtiest puddle around, and he seems like he has no discretion, but that's not the case. Dogs and cats are not exactly built like us, and some of the things that we would find toxic or difficult are easy for them. What they are looking for is something that isn't stagnant. They go and they'll drink out of a pond or a river or a puddle that just arrived because it's raining because they like new water. They like something that isn't just sitting there collecting dust and smells from the room. And they are very smell sensitive. In fact, cats perhaps more so than dogs when it comes to their food and their drink. If a cat has a bad tooth and it throws off his sense of smell, he just won't eat. Or even if he just has a nasal infection and there's nothing wrong with his mouth, he'll stop eating. So sometimes I think smell has a lot to do with all this. Yeah, earlier we mentioned, and we didn't say the name of it, you mentioned the litter box, or I did, that goes around like the circular restaurants that slowly, slowly moves. Right, that's that's a litter robot. And that is a great product as well. If you have, I use it, but I don't use it as often because I have so many cats. Mm -hmm. If you have one or two or three cats, it's perfect for it. For more than that, I would recommend the automatic where it's in a tray kind of a situation. But, yeah, the Litter Robot's a fantastic product. There's another one out that I really like, and it's more uh, green, which is, of course, the way everybody's going right now. It actually cleans the litter. It puts it into the toilet. <laughs> I mean, it has wow. an entire cycle. Yeah, and it is the Cat Genie. Cat Genie. Okay, a nice name. When we're talking about all these different litter boxes, the reason there's so many things out on the market is because cats really are particular, and people do have a lot of problems with this. But there's no reason you have to have 
Kat Soiling. If you can email me at Deborah at PetLifeRadio.com and, and send me your, describe your situation. Describe what these cats are getting up to and I'll cover it on a future show. I'll tell you what you can do to stop the problem because I've had so many cats over the years. I usually have four or five at a time, nothing like Stacy, but I do live on a farm so it's a little bit, I'm not the cat lady in the little tidy apartment. I live in a big place with acres of land and I do usually have four or five or even six as I do now cats at a time and once I participated in a rescue in the year 2000 which led to 200 cats living on my property in various stations and cages and getting vaccinated and neutered and re-released and all this sort of stuff placed in homes so I've had a lot of experience with cats and you don't have to have cats destroying you know marking shredding peeing all over things you don't so if you have those problems you can definitely email me about it at this radio show and then we'll we'll put your topics into the small talk at this party but right now I also want to ask you about something it's got a really cute name it's a little bit of a difficult topic but for people out there who've lost a pet what can they you know kid doodly gooks how does that help if you've got a family and your kids are just so grieving I always say get online and there's a free website out there called rainbowsbridge.com. Rainbows with an S, rainbowsbridge.com. And it's a beautiful poem of a story of heaven, you know, where dogs and cats and people are reunited on the other side, all in good health, to share in the afterlife together. And I find that's really helpful. There's a book called For Every Dog and Angel, which is just beautiful for children. But um, it seems like you found something, too. Yeah, now this is from Paternity, and it's Pet. Ernity, literally, E-R-N-I-T-Y. This is one site that deals specifically with pet loss. And it's an amazing, amazing site put together by this woman who has, has lost a couple of dogs and has kids and realized that this is important for kids to work through. I know when I was young, I lost a German Shepherd and I was devastated for years. And I still get upset over that. Because um, I was never able to work through it. Back then, it wasn't considered, you know, oh, it's just a dog, you know. Nowadays, we realize that they are a part of the family and they do really impact our lives. Cadoodly Rock is a pet memorial marker that children can engrave with their own drawings of their pets and kind of give Oh, that would be beautiful. It's a way to work through the grieving process and I think it really gives kids a sense of, you know, they're still here with us and they can still, they're not gone. And I, I know that as a child, I mean, I lost a shepherd when I was, I think, eight years old, and it was just, I'm still, I still think about that. I was horrified for a year, you know, it was just, I couldn't even function. And I think people now are recognizing the importance of, of pets in our, in our lives and in our children's lives. When you've got an opportunity like this, I mean, your children are going to have to deal with, eventually, grandma dying, grandpa dying, you dying, all kinds of death. This is probably their first crack, let's hope, at dealing with it. You know, and it's something very close to them, their pet. You don't want to diminish the value of them. Oh, it's just an animal. Because that negates all the feelings they're having over this. Because really, a lot of times, kids are coming home to an empty house. The pet is the only one there. When the kid doesn't make the team, the pet's the one hugging them. When the kid or teenager doesn't get a call from that boy or girl they like at school, it's the pet that goes out walking with them anyway. You know, and the pet who keeps that teenage girl who wants to go jogging independent and able to go jogging without having to get her dad to go with her or her brother or some friend from down the road, you know, it's so much. And the loss of a pet is a lot of a loss for kids. They lose affection on demand. They lose the feeling that the pet loves them, every, wants to be with them every second of every day and loves them and is willing to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. And the, the acceptance of it, but also just the touching. 
the way pets touch us and let us touch them. It's a huge part of their life. So I think it's so important that you really take the time when you lose a pet to really think about how you're dealing with it with your kids. This is a practice shot at helping them learn how to deal with grief when it's going to hit them bigger later on. Yeah, it's important to recognize it and to, to validate it. I also wanted to say, before we leave products, I just wanted to say one more thing is sometimes you find a good thing in a really surprising place. And I found at Walmart, of all places in the pet section, these amazing stackable cat scratches. And what they are is um, it's got like a, a trigger on the top. So you can adjust it according to your room. If your room's six feet hot, high or eight or ten, it doesn't really matter. You could build. And it's modular like Lego, so you can build on it. You can In one box, though, it came with a pole to go all the way up to my ceiling and several platforms that you put up interchanging right, left, right, left, all the way up. And this thing is so popular. It was really extremely affordable and is really solid. And that's the main thing with a cat scratch. When you get a cat scratch, it has to be tall enough for your cat to really stretch and pull all the way, probably five feet, four feet at least. And it has to be sturdy enough that when he does it, it doesn't fall over. So keep your eyes open. You may find some good products in places you don't expect, but also we've covered some great products for you today. And if you didn't hear about the Himalayan dog chews or you want to go get the bully sticks or you don't know how to get Dermagic Hotspot Lotion or maybe you wish we'd talked about Antlers Chews, which we never did get to, or Fish Sticks, the tail of the Stingray, which is a chondroitin-rich source and it's something really tough to chew. Antlers Chews, which are perfect for puppies. We've talked about all these products, the Smart Cat Box and Litter Robot and all kinds of things, including Paternity and the Drinkwell 360. So if you want to hear more about these things, you got to look at Stacy's website. And it is? It is uh, PetsWeekly.com. So come on over, sign up for our newsletter. We do new products each time. Uh, every week, we try to get new ones up. We're in the process of replatforming and we're just going to have, we have a social network involved, a forum, you can just kind of handle it. Okay, so one wants. thing I want you all to know about this site is it's not just product reviews. That's a great part because she doesn't just take advertising and she actually reviews this stuff. But also on the site, I get stuff from my radio show. You'll sometimes hear me saying amusing little things about dogs and cats like a quote like this one. Cats are smarter than dogs. You can't get eight cats to pull a sled through the snow. And that's Jeff Valdez. And there's another one here. To a dog, the whole world is a smell. Unknown. So these are things I've got off Pets Weekly. If you're looking to entertain some kids or you're a teacher or you're writing a speech or you need a good punchline for something or you just want to make people laugh at the water cooler at work, this is a place to go for just quirky little stats and facts and funny jokes and just things about animals. So check out PetsWeekly.com and give yourself a pet giggle on us. So I know that you're really involved with charities and you do a lot of pro bono work, including something recently that's become a pet project of yours with the Circle L Ranch. Can you tell us about that? Because I hear you've been on NBC Nightly News talking about this. So what's going on with the Circle L Ranch? Yeah, in fact, they just profiled us. NBC Nightly News just profiled us. And you can find us on msnbc.com in the Making a Difference section. Today, we're number one video on there, which is fantastic. The Circle L Ranch rescues horses and cats and dogs and goats and sheep and cattle and chickens and anything that would have been on euthanized or slaughtered, essentially, for either meat or just because we're too overwhelmed. So we go in there and we pull animals off the E-list, the euthanasia list, in various different you know, animal control 
societies throughout the state. And hopefully we can get bigger than that. But we have horses that we pulled from slaughterhouses and so forth. And it was founded by Dr. Deb Wilson. She's a surgeon here in Arizona, one of the top docs in Phoenix and probably throughout the U.S. A people uh, doctor or an animal doctor? She's a person doctor. Yeah, oh, okay. she's an actual surgeon. She's ac- actually added an extra day of work just to cover the bills on these properties. Just because we've been getting so many animals and she just has a hard time turning. I mean, she doesn't want to turn them away. We go in there and we try to pull what we can that are immediate needs or unadoptable. So we have a lot of older animals, uh, unadoptable animals that might bite, you know, that type of thing. I, I believe she's got... Two properties, one's 40 acres, another one's five acres. We're adding a cattery. So if people want to get a look at this, if people want to see some of the animals that are being helped and what's going on at the Circle L, what do they do? They go to msnbc.com? Yeah, they can go to msnbc.com, making a difference, and you'll see the the rescue ranch there. Or go to circlel.org, and that's her website. You can contribute, you can foster, adopt, volunteer, whatever you want to do. Or just read about what we're doing. Um, It's some amazing work that she's doing. Thank you for letting us know about that. That's great. Thanks for coming to the show, Stacey. I hope you'll come back to my party again in a little while. I would love to. Okay. Thank you very much, Stacey. You can find her at PetsWeekly.com. And um, she's calling us from Arizona today. So the party involved Florida, Arizona, and Vancouver, British Columbia. We've had a really broad, broad party today. And you are welcome. No matter where you're calling from or listening in, no matter where you're logging on, you are welcome to our animal party. If you love animals, then this party's for you. So my question at the beginning was, in the last 4,000 years, how many animals has man domesticated? And the answer is a bit of a trick. None. No animals have been domesticated in the last 4,000 years. Cats were domesticated around 3,000 B.C., and they were a common place in some homes around King Tut's time, 1350. And dogs were domesticated in 10,000 B.C., even earlier, and they were a common place already 8,000 years ago. So this relationship we've had with our animals goes back a long way, and I would suggest to you that it is symbiotic, and it can be. As much as uh, any symbiosis on Earth, as much as the clownfish needs the anemone, we need our pets. So now we're going to go look to our animal inbox. And uh, today I want to recommend two sites. First of all, my own, campgooddog.com, where you'll find lots of free pet advice and photos and great stuff on there, including uh, a link to Pet Life Radio. So go to campgooddog.com and get some free pet advice and find out more about Camp Good Dog. And you can even order my DVD there. If you want to train your dog the Dabra Wolf way, the fun and easy way, you can get the DVD at campgooddog.com. The DVD is called Dog Training That Works, and it's got some fun, fun stuff in it, party tricks, games, lots of fun. So you can look at a clip if you want on YouTube just by going to campgooddog.com. And the clip I picked is Dogs Gone Wild, the outtakes and bloopers. So come on to campgooddog.com and check it out. And the other site I want to recommend to you today is PurinaWalkForGuideDogs.com. PurinaWalkForGuideDogs.com. You get on there, and you'll find out when the walk is coming to your neighborhood. It's all across North America, and people are walking for guide dogs. So what could be better? You get your kids out, you get yourself out, you get active, you get outside. It doesn't cost you anything, and you help raise money for an amazing cause. Plus, you'll get to see a ton of dogs. If you've got kids that love dogs and you don't have any, Check out the Purina Walk for guide dogs.com and you'll find some dogs to play with. All right, so 
One more thing before we go. I just want to leave you with a party trick. From now on, when you walk into a room and there's a cat there and you want a special connection with that cat, don't walk over to the cat. Don't talk to the cat. Don't bug the cat. That's not how cats work. If you want to say hi to a cat, the cat way, the cool way, what you do is you stand really, really still. You don't make any gestures toward him at all. You turn your face to face the cat. So your face is full on facing the cat. And for just a few seconds, you close your eyes. One, two, three, and then open them. And if the cat knows and likes you, he'll do it right back. If the cat doesn't know and like you, he'll probably come over to say hello and check you out. Wait till he gets to you. Now, you can do this to any cat anywhere. He doesn't have to know you. If he's a super friendly cat, he'll just blink right back at you. And then you can do it back to him. And you are talking cat. You can say hi to the cats in your life now. If you've got a dog and you want to say hi, it's a little bit different. You look at the dog. And the way that two men would acknowledge each other if they met at a bar and they kind of know each other, but they're not best friends and they kind of, hi, man, hi, man. They give each other a nod. It's a little bit like that. But instead of the head going up, down, like a regular nod, the head just goes up and then up again. So it's like nod, nod, up, up. And you try to make your eyes really smiley. Smile with your mouth because that's the only way humans seem to be able to do this. Make your eyes really smiley and wide. Smile with your mouth. Your eyes should be almost closed. You're smiling so wide as you nod your head up twice. And chances are your dog will do it right back to you. So say hi to your pets. And next week, try that party trick at home. And next week, come join me again at the Animal Party on Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.